when we come to Memorial Weekend, we find ourselves being asked to remember, to think back on things that have happened in our nation that have caused us to be the people that we are, that have allowed us to know the freedoms that we experience, to think about the price that's been paid for that freedom, the cost that's been laid down in order that you and I might have the freedom to even be here this morning and be in a place in which we can share together, and worship together, fellowship together, and know the things that are going on. We live in a time in which much of our heritage, the truth of our past, has tried to be hidden and corrupted and abused in every way possible in the nation in which we live. It's a sad time when we think about those kinds of things. And yet it's a time in which you and I have the opportunity to pause and to reflect, to remember. God wants us to remember. Throughout the Bible, he points to moments and says, this you're to do so that you can remember, so that you can know and never forget that which has been done on your behalf. From the Old Testament through the New Testament, we find moments of remembering times to go. Deuteronomy is filled with a command from God over and over and over again. Remember, remember, remember. Because we so easily forget the things that God has done. We easily forget the cost and the price that's been paid and the things that go on in our lives and being a part of that as we look at it. So I want to take just a few moments this morning with you and and reflect upon the, some of those things about our heritage, our history, that this weekend is to point us to and help us remember and be reminded of, but also to think about that greatest memory that we're to have in our lives, that which God has done for us in Jesus Christ as we have the opportunity. I'm going to use a passage out of the book of Joshua, a passage in which we have one of those moments in which God said to Joshua to tell the people to set up a memorial so that they could remember an act of God, a work of the Lord God and what had happened as we look at it. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we read out of the book of Joshua chapter 4 and the first nine verses of that chapter. And again, this is a moment in the history of Israel and a great event has taken place and God knows the minds and the hearts of mankind and he knows how easily we forget. And so he tells Joshua to set up a monument, to set up a moment in which can ever always be a place of remembering the work of God. And he says to him, Now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and a command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later what do these stones mean to you, then you will say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. And thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded, 
and took up the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel, and they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priests were carried, the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we pause in the midst of the great history of our nation to think about what a price has been paid. And if we had time today to think about it, we could, we could begin to go over all kinds of monuments, all kinds of memorials, all kinds of things that have been set up to remind us of that which price, that cost that was paid so dearly for this great nation. But we pause also, Father, in this memorial weekend, not only to remember how we got to where we are, but to remember that this nation was founded upon the principles of our God. This nation was founded upon the work of God. And that work has been memorialized for us throughout time. Father, as we look back through all the Old Testament, as we move to the New Testament, as we move through history, we see the monuments, the moments that teach us of the work of our God in our own personal lives, the salvation that was provided for us. And so, Father, we do pause this morning and we reflect and we say thank you for all those men and women through time that have sacrificed their lives that we might have freedom. We know, I know, there are no words that can adequately express the kind of gratitude that is owed to them for the sacrifice of their lives to their families, for the sacrifice that they gave up in the death of a, lo of a loved one and giving their lives for the sake of this country. But we want to honor their memory. We want to honor their lives. And we do that best, not just when we pause and say thank you for the sacrifice that's been made, but when we live rightly, when we live the kind of lives that were paid for us to be able to live, when we are the people that live out our faith. Father, we pause and say thank you. May those families that survive the sacrifices that have been made somehow find in this weekend honor. May they find people remembering them and saying thank you. May they find in the depths of their own heart a deep sense of peace and gratitude in knowing that their family has paid that ultimate cost that we might live in a free land. So touch the hearts of all these people, all these families, all these descendants of those who gave their life. But even as we do that, Father, we pause to say thank you to you for the greatest sacrifice that's ever been given, for the greatest cost that's ever been paid, that we might have salvation that we might have genuine freedom, not just for a moment, but for all of eternity. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, as we think about all these things that 
we look at and being a part of it, we can mark our history. We started our service with the song, The Star Spangled Banner, and you'll remember well the story in 1814 when Francis Scott Key was on a ship, a prisoner exchange ship in the harbor. And he stood there as he watched the British bombard Fort McHenry. And he stood there through the night as Americans were being bombarded and the war didn't look good. And as the sun came up and he looked to the fort, the flag was still standing, still flying. And he penned those words that we're so familiar with, which in 1831 became the national anthem of the United States of America. What a sight that must have been to be a part of something like that and to see what was going on. Francis Scott Key is buried in Frederick, Maryland. Over his flag continually waves year-round a United States flag. And every Memorial weekend, they change the flag and put a new flag up in his honor and the work that's going on and being a part of that time as we look at it. The Liberty Bell is another great moment, a great monument that reminds us of the price that's been paid. And around that Liberty Bell's rim, it has Leviticus 25.10, which says this, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Liberty. Not free. It costs. We paid a great, great price in the United States of America to have the liberty that we have, the freedom that we have in the things that are going on and all the things that are part of what's happening in what's going on. We don't have time this morning to reflect on all those great things, but I, I think about even in these days now as some of the things that are going on that, that remind us of, of what's happening, the, the tomb of the unknown soldier that ivory uh, continually being changed with the things, orders unchanged as those men march in recognition of life being given for the sake of our nation. The poppies that are worn on Poppy Friday to remind us again of the fields of the dying, those who gave their lives in sacrifice that we might have life everlasting and the things that are going on and being a part of it. Our nation is filled with memorials, filled with moments that, that remind us of the price that was paid. And yet, how often do we take it for granted? That we just live day by day as though it means nothing, as though nothing changed, as nothing as the price was paid for anything that goes on. But if we mark our heritage, if we look at it, we're reminded again, July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed. And those men that gathered together, those men who made that commitment said this, with a firm Reliance on the protection of divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And they paid the price. We're told by history that five of those men were captured by the British, tortured, and killed. Twelve of, their, twelve of them had their homes completely ransacked and burned. Two lost sons in the war. Two sons were taken captive. Nine of them died from wounds and hardships after the war. Most of them, if not all of them, lost everything they had to stand for the principles of liberty, of a new nation, of the price that was there. 
as we look and as we see. Memorial Day, you see, it marks our heritage. It, it, it reminds us. We, we don't like to think about the dying and, and the thing that the cost that was there, but this day, this weekend is a time in which you and I are called to remember as Americans that we are, uh, live in this nation, that we have the freedoms that we have, that we have the opportunities that we have to achieve what we can and what we do because people were willing to die. People were willing to lay down their life that we could give ourselves a chance to live and experience our dreams, experience what we want and being a part of it. It's a time that reminds America that what the price was for us to be born, the price of what it's cost us to maintain the freedom that is ours and the things that are going on to stay free. And our heritage reminds us that we were founded upon the rock of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our history books have tried to eliminate that from the educational system. Our court system have tried to distort it in every way that's possible. Our politicians try to do everything they can to corrupt the truth of it. But it cannot be denied that this nation, this great nation, was founded upon the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ, upon God as our founder and the things that are there and all that he is, all the principles of our laws and all the things that we're about come from the freedom that was purchased by the love God had for people and our willingness to give our lives first to him and then having given them to him to give them in the sake of one another and being a part of what's going on. As we read in Joshua, these took these stones and they placed these stones. And, they, and the story was that any time your children come to this place in the future and they say, what are these rocks here for? You can say. It's to remind us that there was a day when God acted on our behalf. And he stopped the flow of the Jordan River and we crossed it on dry land. We entered into the promised land that he had given us. That was our land. This land that we live in today. This is the land where your home is. It's yours because of that moment when God did that miracle. This reminds us that God acts in our behalf. We took this morning communion together. And it says here on this table, this do in remembrance of me. It's a call to us to remember. Remember that there was a price paid for our salvation. It didn't come free. It's not man-made religion. It's not laws and, and creeds that we believe and follow that men have written down and come up. But rather, this is the Lord God of heaven who has provided himself, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross for us. The cross reminds us, the table reminds us that there is a heritage of faith that you and I have, and it costs us something. It's not free. Grace is free for you, and grace is free for me, thank goodness, because we could never earn it, we could never pay for it, we could never have it experienced in our lives. It's free to us, but it costs God everything. It costs Him everything. And like we do in our nation when we take our liberties and our freedoms, when we take the wonderful heritage that is ours and, and abuse it and distort it and forget about it, we do so with our faith far too often. We just assume that we have the right to be saved. We assume we have the right to do the things that are there. But we need to mark our hope and understand the Mayfire Compact that was written for us in the Constitutional Convention, they had a lot of trouble with it. They couldn't agree on a lot of things that should be in it. So Benjamin Franklin suggested they begin each session with prayer. And he said it this way. 
I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of this truth. God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire can rise without his aid. I believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the building of Babel. God's been a part of it. Prayer's been a part of it as we look and as we see. See, our nation doesn't, it's what's going to bring what we need, the, the, the revival, the reoccurring theme of genuine freedom and of hope and of life is not our nation's wealth. It is not our nation's power, our politics. It's not our nation's military or any other thing. Our only hope stands in the Lord God, period. It's not any other hope that we have. We can put all of our hope in our military. We can put all of our hope in our government. We can put all of our hope in our educational system. We can put all of our hope in the things of man. And we will continue to fall and fail and fail and fail. But when we finally turn around and look up in our, to heavens and we say finally and once and for all as a people of God, we have sinned before you as a holy God. And we confess our sin to you. And we ask that you come and cleanse us of our, of our sins and to heal our land. Only then will we find the cure to this nation. Only then will we stand again as a free people. Only then will we stand again as a nation that has the rights and the freedoms to be the people that we are called to be and to live the life that we are called to live. It's not found in the things of this world. It's found only in Christ Jesus the Lord God and all that we have. He is our only defense. Secretary of Treasurer Simon B. Chase said in 1861, No nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. Throughout the history of this nation, it has been men and women of faith that has led us to be the great nation that we are. And people who have taken that faith, that understanding of what it means and believed in it so strongly that they were willing to die to protect it, to uphold it, to make sure you and I could stand in this place today as a free people as we look at it. Kipling wrote this, God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of our far-flung far flung battle line, beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. The tumult and the shouting dies, the captains and the kings depart, still stands thine ancient sacrifice in humble and contrite heart. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget lest we forget. On page 161 in your hymn book, there's a song called Lead Me to Calvary. And if you read the chorus of that song, it says, lest we forget thine agony, lest we forget Gethsemane, lest we forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Just as sure as those stones for Joshua, as sure as the Liberty Bell and 
all the other great things that we have in our nation to remind us of the prices that have been paid for we to be a nation, we need to remember the cross. The cross didn't save us. Jesus Christ did. But the cross is the symbol of the death of the price that was paid. So today, lest we forget who we are as a nation, we need to reflect on what made us great. What brought us to this place? How did we earn the right to be free? How did we earn the right to live up to our dreams? How did we earn the right that causes people even to this day to do everything possible, legal or illegal, it doesn't matter to them, to get into this nation and to live here because they know here a dream can come true. They know here hopes can be fulfilled. They know here there can be freedom. Even though this nation is filled with wrong, it's still a place where people can come and know that I can be free because this nation has paid the price to make it possible for all of us to be free. Unless we forget that that price was paid first and foremost by our Lord God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to remind ourselves over and over and over again. Calvary covers it all. He paid the price. That there could even be the hope of freedom. Spiritually. And even in our relationships with one another. This Memorial Weekend, those of you who can... You have the opportunity in the morning to help mark some graves and say thank you for the lives that have been paid for the cost of this nation. In our homes, we have the opportunity to pause and reflect. Many of us have family members that paid that price. And we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. But even as we thank God for these men and women and the families that they come from, let us never forget also to thank our Lord for our own salvation, our own freedom. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we pause for a moment to think together about all that this weekend symbolizes, Hundreds of thousands of men and women have died that we could worship today. They paid the highest price that could be paid. And Father, we don't forget those who served and survived. We're thankful for them. We cherish the sacrifices they made and the willingness to go and to put their lives on the line. But this weekend is about remembering those who paid that ultimate price in the midst of war, in the midst of the battles that have been fought. And we say thank you for them. And I ask that you would keep me ever humble, ever in remembrance
that I am able to live in this land to experience the things that I've experienced because men and women died. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. But they died for a dream. They died for a system. They died for freedom that they believed every person had a right to. Thank you. Bless their families. Honor them. But God, I, I can't help but, even though it's about those, I can't help but just say thank you again for Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine. It's beyond my comprehension the kind of love that was bestowed in Christ Jesus for me. That he would take all my sin and become literally that sin so that he could take all of the condemnation that I deserve and make it possible for me to be free, not just physically, but free emotionally, mentally, spiritually, free for all eternity from the guilt and the burden and the condemnation of my sin. Don't ever let me forget the price that was paid. Don't ever let me take for granted the salvation that is mine. So, Father, as we pause for a moment of invitation, we pause to reflect. I know this hasn't been a kind of message that calls people to salvation or to rededication or kinds of things that we talk about in churches. But it is a time for each of us to pause and reflect upon the gratitude that we need to have, that we ought to have, for those who paid the price for us to live in this nation. And beyond that, for a Savior. So maybe in these moments of invitation, each of us in our own way might just be able to say to you this morning, thank you for the men and women who chose willingly, willfully, personally to die if that was what was needed to protect this land. And thank you for a Savior who provides for us everlasting life. In Christ's name, amen.